Mercedes. Cool. Giddy up. <laughs> Nutmeg news. Red Star's owner, Arnim Whistler, reaches out to Merritt Paulson, Steve Baldwin, Steve Malik, and Sunil Gulati <laughs> for advice on how to avoid taking responsibility. <laughs> Where'd you read that? It's Nutmeg news. Hello, comrades. This is the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined by Rodrigo Sanchez Javaria, Corey Schreppel, Mark Fangmeyer, fresh off the uh, off the Love Boat cruise to uh, to Portland. Mark, right? Ah, yes. Uh, my forty year old body is not made for those trips. Yeah. Have you <laughs> have you fully uh, recovered yet? No. I mean, got in at like two thirty. Got home at like three. Mm. And then the kids woke me up at 6.45. Oh. And, um, did yeah. You, I, did you Uber from the airport? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say. Because the, the topic in this household was, what did you have to bargain or give up in order for Lindsay to let you go on this trip? Um, nothing, actually. Like, it was very uh, much like, so my in-laws never, like, I'm terrible to shop for because I don't actually want anything except for like bottles of whiskey. I'm really boring to shop for. And so for like Christmas this year, I was like, I was like, Hey, Lindsay, look at this. And she's like, have my parents buy that for you. So I can actually get you something for Christmas. That's not booze or like a gift certificate. And I was like, all right, fine. (laughs) And so uh, I just like put everything on their credit card and thanks. uh, Grandma, grandpa Kimball for that highlight of the trip. Um, the first 11 minutes of the match? Cool. Perfect. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we are going to talk about the uh, Portland versus Minnesota playoff game that was on Sunday. Um, this is kind of going to be our, our last like regular match recap. We like we don't know what the, the um, 55-1 plan going forward is, but we uh, I'm feeling pretty burnt out on the existing format and... Uh, I think we talked about doing like uh, doing a once a month roundtable podcast, and then uh, in between doing uh, you know if we feel the spirit and we want to do one, or I'll I'll do some interviews. Um, I think that's the way to keep my sanity, keep our sanity, and and also just just feeling like uh, by the end of the season, I, I I feel like I've said everything a million times, and I'm fed up with the team and et cetera. So. We'll figure out what what the future is going forward, everyone. But uh, you can let us know what you want to hear. Um, but you look great, though. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more Star Wars, definitely. Um, yeah. So let's start with the good. The bad. that was a really big sigh. Let's go with the good, the bad, <laughs> and the weird. Uh, the good uh, NWSL final. It was really fun to watch. Uh, uh, every year at, at Blackheart, is, it's, it's great. Um, this was Chicago Red Stars versus. Sell the team, Steve. Spirit, um, the Spirit were by far the better team. Just, just blew the Red Stars out of the water. But the Red Stars held in there, scored first, and uh, ended up being the Spirits' Spirits game. But what, what did you take away from it, Rodrigo? Um, rookie of the year, Trinity Rodman, yeah, like beasted like the whole squad. Like, I think you know, like. I think I think there's there's some there's some sections that like 
throughout the whole game, what was funny is that they were talking, the announcers were talking about hyping up the whole Rodman thing. And then at halftime, they asked her, I was like, oh, yeah, what does your dad think about this, uh, about you and your playing? Is your, is your dad here? I was like, yeah, we don't really have a relationship. And so, <laughs> so like, <laughs> and they had to, like, keep on referencing later on how, like, uh, you know, this is this is uh, Dennis Rodman. But Trinity Rodman was just, I mean, the whole Washington Spirit is such a young team that, you know, uh, leaned on, on veterans like, uh Emily Sonnet and Kelly O'Hara to really just push them through the. I mean, my favorite thing was the Jenny Rodman was getting beat up and was getting into fights and, you know, just being physical. But that cross all the way to Kelly O'Hara's head was just masterfully beautiful. And then her celebration, literally, like, literally, her Kelly O'Hara's celebration, it's like equal to what, like, uh, Alexander Kayan's celebration against Atlanta was when he headed that goal. Like, he still couldn't believe the fact that he was able to score that. But um, I'm really excited just for, like, the U.S. women national team overall. Like, Trinity Robin, especially, you get, get to play out. You got a Mallory Pugh. You got, you got a Sophia Smith. You got all these different players. It, it's it's looking really, really good for the World Cup. And, and the Red Stars, they've been through so much this season. Ups and downs, ups and downs. And then we'll talk later on on... Uh, a little bit more on, on what else, more but downs. Um, yeah. it was great to watch. Them. This is this is a game where I didn't have a team to say you know to root for, but like overall, this was an extremely entertaining game. Like, and and it was a great way to finish um, what I thought was a successful season for the NWSL as in vision wise. Because remember last year we couldn't even watch it wherever we wanted to, and the fact that we were able to see it on TV and 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 subscribe to it and do all the other stuff was was great for me so um the the bad uh, is sticking with some nwsl here uh some a few nwsl players including christian press um said that u.s soccer failed to act on abuse claims against um the red stars head coach rory dames i think is how you say his name but i don't know he doesn't i'll say his name however the hell i want because he's a douchebag um this was from the washington post uh minnesota's own molly hensley clancy um published this article um and uh yeah it it sucks i don't know if there's anything to say other than that um it's it, the good, the bad, and the weird is all all women's soccer this week uh, because the weird this one Rodrigo you got to tell me the story this is P, PSG uh, um, they the player Aminata Diallo well she's it's Nancy Kerrigan again huh right so we all remember the story of uh, the PSG forwards uh, between. Um, um, Aminata and uh, Zakira Am- Amrui, I think it is, and how like um, you know there was the attack and there was an investigation. Well, to add another twist to this whole conversation, uh, when she was attacked, she was actually had previously been on the phone with someone else, and so as part of the investigation, you have to talk to everyone that was that that was part of the incident, and so this was. Uh, so the player had called ex-Barcelona star Eric Abidal and the day she was attacked. And now Abidal's wife says she's filing for divorce and alleging that uh, there was an extramarital affair with such player. And then Abidal actually confessed the affair. 
when police asked to question him over the attack. And over this whole thing, um, um, Diallo's um, was, you know, taken into custody, was questioned, and then released. And as far as of right now, there aren't any charges pending. But this is just another um, telenovela type of thing that keeps on getting weirder and weirder by the second. Well, and also the attack was super brutal, too. Like, it was ma- like masked guys dragged her out of the car and were beating her with iron rods. Yeah. 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 There, there's a picture of her injuries, and it just, there's a gash in the back of her hamstring that I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's, it's does, this yeah. make, does this make Abidal the Jeff Galuli <laughs> of this situation? <laughs> uh, um, enlighten me. Jeff Galuli was the uh, the the partner of Tanya Harding, oh. the mastermind of the who was the mastermind of the hit against Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah, the 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 main difference is that Abidal is with the victim. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, well, it doesn't apply here. So it, it's if, it's if, if Nancy Kerrigan was having an affair, it would be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Right. It. Listen, the Lifetime movie will take liberties with the yeah. truth. Do, do you really think this would be a Lifetime movie? Do you do you it's see it in another network? <laughs> oh, this is just a straight to like uh, either Prime or uh, Netflix uh, rom com series. HBO is going to make a, a a limited series, six episodes. Uh, who's who's going to play uh, Eric Abidal? That's the that's the real question. Um, yeah, just just everyone ponder that. Let's we'll, go to a we'll break. Oh, it's going to be the guy from the Old Spice commercials. Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> We all know his name. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> we'll come back and uh, and we'll talk Minnesota United. All right, friends and foes, it's Minnesota United time. Let's uh, before we get to the recap, let's do a little bit of um, uh, of uh, season news because we drop out of the playoffs, and the first thing we get. Um, a glimpse at what's going to happen in 2022. We know that the the season is going to be moved up a bit so that we can uh, finish it basically by the time the World Cup rolls around. First game, the first uh, away game uh, of the season, February 26th, Philadelphia Union. Corey, are you going to be at this one? I might try to go to this one, yeah. actually. Um, it might be a bit of a stretch, but that's usually around the time that we go visit family in Pennsylvania, so... If we can, uh, you know, go to a uh, go watch the Union and uh, Minnesota United to relieve all of the pressure of being with family for four days perfect. and just be perfect. What's what's the weather like around that time in Philly? It's just, gray and cold and wet. Yeah, but not. It's like what it, forty degrees? Um, yeah, thirty, forty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's maybe above um, freezing. I don't, it, it, it I don't know. And I granted, we haven't seen the full schedule yet. But my my thing is like, if they do the whole like Western Conference heavy thing again this year, and they don't have a balanced schedule, like it's kind of sucks that we're playing Philadelphia again. We they they will. It sounds like every team will get. Um, I forget what the number is, but it's at least five interconference play, and every every team will get the same number of interconference matches. But, but we've already played one... Philadelphia a bunch. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it's great for me. Um, the second match of the season. Second match of the season, our, our home uh, opener, March 5th, Nashville. 
It's going to be cold. It's going to be weird. Uh, Jamie first, Watson Derby. First time we get That's to play Nashville. Saying. Yep, Jamie yeah. Watson will definitely be and, here. And uh, Nashville for the 22 season will be in the Western Conference because we get right. Charlotte. And year. so, um, and then the the other game we know about is the the next away game, which is March thirteenth at the Red Bulls. That's going to be a fun game. I would, if I tried to make any of these games, it would be that one. Um, yeah. If I'm if I'm in if I'm in New York for work that weekend too, like just go to just go to two away matches two weeks apart. Oh, do, is your job in New York? Yeah. So I I I don't know if you heard. I work for. New York Times. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. the New York Times. Yeah, not the, not the, not the, not the Post. I, I thought um, you worked for El New York Times. Either way, whatever. Just put failing in front of it, and that's that's how it works. <laughs> uh, the Gray Lady is, I, I believe, what what I call it every time. Um, so, and off key roster dates are uh, um, November twenty fourth. We're recording this on the the twenty second. Yeah, basically, um, if there are any offers for players who are out of contract, there has to be a bona fide offer to those players and announced to the league and in writing and publicized by the individual clubs by November 24th for playoff teams that were bounced out of the playoffs by um, Tuesday, November 23rd. Um, And those players are, do you know? Oh, you want yes. me to mention them? Okay. Yep. So so those players for our team is Jan Gregus, uh, Dane St. Clair, and Ja'Cory Hayes. Those are players that are straight out of contract. Um, Ozzy Alonso will be a free agent this season, and Ethan Finley will also be a free agent this season. Um, I don't know exactly how free agents work in this scenario, but um, those will be the players that we would have to extend uh, bona fide offers for. Um, I believe that means that they can start negotiations. It doesn't have to be fully agreed upon. I could be wrong, but um, that's that's the deadline for um, this week. And then November thirtieth uh, is, is that's when the clubs have to ox- uh, like exercise their options. Yeah, and we've got um, quite a few players yep. who who um, are under options. Which is I'll just go through Fernando Adi, Juan Aguadelo. No, no joke. The camera cut to the bench during the Portland game, and I was like, "Oh my god, Juan Aguadelo plays for this team." Totally had forgotten that already. <laughs> uh, Brent Coleman, Jukaretala, Will Trap, uh, Adrian Zendejas, actual Minnesota United player. That's a real name of a real person mm-hmm. who plays for Minnesota United. Remember the team it for that trivia. we talk about on this podcast. Um, Justin McMaster, yeah. So those are the guys and, who we have options on, and I imagine, yep. imagine at least Will Trap, probably Coleman, and McMaster yeah. will get the, maybe those, maybe Zenday House too, uh, just because they yes. need a third goalkeeper. So yeah, easier to keep the guy, um, the other guy around. We'll 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 talk about it um, in another in another another show um, once we have a little bit more guidance on some of this stuff, but it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with um, Dane St. Clair and Jan Grey Goose, whether or not Grey Goose stays, but he gets bought out and, you know, becomes a TAM player. I think he's gone. I think he's just going to leave. If, if they let Dane St. Clair go for free. That's a big, yeah. They're they're crazy. Even if you don't, I don't know what he's ever going to be. Um, I thought That's he had a $300,000. But. 
<laughs> yeah. Door. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like nothing would surprise me, but man, I just don't know. And, um, and then December 13th is when we have to protect players before the expansion draft because, um, Charlotte is coming in and they're going to take some players and it's weird rules this year. Um, December fourteenth is, is um, yeah you you your um, DPS and your under twenty two people are not automatically protected, and so you got to spend a lot. You, you've got to protect like use your your protection on like some guys who you would not normally have to protect. So it's going to be weirder than usual. Um, we someone asked us a Twitter question about the expansion, who we would protect, and uh, we'll we'll do that in our recap and or, or whatever. Let's go to the watches <laughs> because we've got Navarro watch, Mark mm-hmm. Fangmeyer. Yes, we do. Dave Navarro. Um, yeah. He's uh he's officially what the lead score goal scorer in uh second division Brazilian soccer. And um yeah, they're promoted. They're going back up and um yeah, they we'll won see. today and and they got themselves promoted back to Serie A. So so yeah, and then we'll see. I mean, the thing is, like, the nice thing is that uh, he is out of contract as of December thirty first. So yeah, so he'll be coming to us on a free. Yeah, if we can. I mean, basically, yeah. we just need to pay him a huge salary to come here. It's all it's going to come down to is who can give him the most money to come play wherever. Does Does that change though? Even though now that Botafogo is like back on the Premier, like on, on the Serie A instead of Serie B. Because he's, Does I mean, they still have all? to sign him to a new contract. And maybe he's like, I want to stay and, and they can sign him to a new contract. But um, yeah. He, what was what was the asking price? Was it 2 million, I think, right? But there's no, no, there's no asking price. Because he's, there, what, um, yeah, I guess. What would you, yeah, I paid 2 million, 2.5. Get the new kid in here. No, the, you the, see? Salary, the salary and like what the one article I read about that Minnesota is like, made an offer already was like i think it's 1.5 million but i don't yeah but i don't know how trustworthy that one is i mean it's it gotta is. be better have you guys checked out his tattoo collection no he good? has one neck tattoo oh yeah and, and and guess what it's of is it uh jesus no because so, he has a lot of he has a lot of um is crosses it, is, in his tattoo. is it adrian heath no 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 well unless adrian heath is uh uh air jordan the Air Jordan logo. Oh. The Air Jordan logo on his neck. Yeah. Oh my God, that is um, man, footballers it's sick is what it is. People, man, it's fucking rad. <laughs> yeah, sign this, man. Oh my God. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to this Minnesota United versus Portland game. Game ends three to one. Um, like you said, Mark, it started so beautifully. Uh, the the eleventh minute when we scored. The buildup to it was so basic. This was, um, you know, we've talked in the past about what would Adrian Heath's dream goal be. Maybe it would actually involve the striker, but whatever. But this is, you know, ball gets brought forward by Ozzy Alonso. He puts it to Reynoso. Reynoso sends it out wide to um, Robin Lud. Robin Lud comes in from from the width and uh, and he comes into the box. And then Metineers making this run into the box from wide and. Robin Lud spectacular pass to him. Uh, Metnier sends in a cross, and Johnny on the spot, Frank Payne, just shows up at the back post and just tucks it away. Um, terrible defending from Portland. And it, it was fantastic then to hear 
the dark clouds and and all the supporters doing MNUFC chant on the TV. That was really cool. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, what more can we say about this goal? I think I mean you're you're exactly right that it's it's what our team can do. I mean, it's it's not terribly dissimilar to the kind of quick passing, quick thinking that we scored the Portland goal in the in the summer, where it was a ball from Fragapane that you know Reynoso took the ball from wide, went to Fragapane, who tapped it across, pulled defenders out of position, tapped it across to Unu, and went in. Very similar kind of approach and tactics. It makes me wonder if that was if we had any tactics that weren't just vibes, like is that, was, was that the approach? And I think it worked really well. I thought we looked really great. Um, yeah, there's, there's not too much else to say about it. Like if we maintained that, who knows what would have happened? Um, we didn't maintain that spoiler alert. Oh um, no. What, what's really um, weird about this game is that we had a ton of chances after this. Um, but the game just felt like it was all Portland. And we even edged them a little bit on possession. Um, so what, what did happen with this game? Why did it fall apart? We didn't, did we tuck back too much? Or what did you see? It just it felt like they got a little bit too comfortable with the lead. Like there wasn't any urgency. And once they lost that urgency... Like, I mean, I think at halftime, our shots were, uh, Portland had 11 and we had two. Like, we just weren't doing, and like, even all of our chances, like, we had a lot of chances uh, of getting the ball in, but none of them actually, like, ultimately ended in, like, a decent shot on goal. Like, we had, like, some good, uh, you know, passes through the box, all of that, but nothing ever came to fruition from them. And Portland was the opposite. They were just, like, bombing us with shot after shot after shot. I mean... Yeah, it was, I don't know, it just seemed like we were so happy to get that first goal that we're like, now we, def- now we defend this goal. And like, when you're playing against a team like Portland, who are, I mean, they're the hottest team in MLS right now, going into the playoffs. And when you play a team like that, you can't just sit back. Like, that's the one thing that we've learned through this whole season is that like, Minnesota is pretty bad at playing with the lead. Like somehow we lose our, like we're really good when we're fighting to go get a goal and having to come back and there's urgency. We don't use that as a defensive tactic, like a strong offense and that urgency keeps the ball on their end and is a smart way to defend. And we just don't do it. And that just, I mean, it was just a, you know, a summary of like the whole kind of season of when we were trying to play with the lead. Yeah. And I mean, the, the two big things that I noticed was, Fragapani seemed to switch off in some some way after that goal. And Reynoso, the, the two of them were both turning over balls in the midfield or in that final third. And it was just turnover after turnover. Um, you know, Ozzy and Will Trapp had to sit back further. I think we I think we tried to use the same blueprint that we did when we beat Portland in the summer, which was we get that early goal and then we bunker. Um that's not the situation, especially because Sebastian Blanco was out injured when we played him last time. Um, and he is a game changer, as we'll talk about in a sec. But it, it it felt like the we lost battles in the midfield. And we and when we lose battles in the midfield, we get caught out in transition. And there's not a ton 
that Ozzy and Will Trapp are going to be able to do in those situations when Chase is trying to be, you know, doing his Argentinian cosplay up up on the wings. And, you know, Metnair was, you know, gassed. And, you know, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit as well. But it just felt like there was no sense of urgency. Robin Lud was almost, almost completely ineffective. Adrian Unu had some good runs, but again, just not... Is invisible for it was invisible like it, it felt like mark i think you, you said it exactly the right way we are not good when we have a lead we're good when we're going for the first goal and then we're great when we are trying to come back or get an equalizer or go for the winning goal and the fact that we can't maintain that intensity and that kind of pressing is is what kills us i think one thing that we also need to to talk about is the fact that the geo's game plan was effective right and i think that's one of the things that 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 we forget to do is like what is the blueprint to slow down or uh disrupt this attacking force is um is your level of first and second line pressing and that is what was happening a lot with our midfield is portland was determined to send the first line of attack of pressing and then if we got back we got something we got past that, and the second line was right there to be able to trip back up, and that led to that uh, quick transition for them on our side of the field to try to to try and score. And once that was made possible, like it was just like continuous. That was the thing. That was continuous. We never try to look for an outlet pass out of uh, out of danger. And I think that was one of the things that 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 really made it really frustrating for Reynoso and Fragapane in a sense. But at the same time, um, we can always talk about their lack of effort as well, too. And I think that was one of the things that was, that was really um, disappointing was, was, was to be able to see this lack of urgency. Like, like, uh, like it's supposed to, this is a playoff game. You're supposed to be able to play. You're supposed to give it all out. And at one point, we just we just do that, and we knew that Portland was great. A trend is a great transition team, right? That they, that's what they do. I mean, they did this without Valeri. That's my thing. Valeri's maybe old, but he's great, and and he came on towards later on on, on this game. But the fact that they were able to put this game away, in a sense, early was just demoralizing. We saw the first goal coming, um, the pressure that 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 Portland was putting on was was adamant, and you could see it. And then just we just wouldn't couldn't stick to our game plan and couldn't respond. Yeah, we couldn't relieve that pressure. Um, you know, the the first goal came right at the end of the first half. Um, Dean St. Clair had just made a, a superb save, and then you know a series of corners where they almost scored on one corner, and in this one, let's see, yeah, Dane saves a, a rifled Jimmy Chara um, shot, and then. Portland ended up scoring on the next one, and and really, everyone saw those coming. There was just this unending pressure, and Portland were building and building, and it didn't look like Minnesota United were going to found any relief for it. And then, you know, then they get the half at least to regroup. But what happens in the half? Right away, first minute, um, Minnesota are in, are in shambles. At least the first one was like it was really frustrating, but. It's corner and these things happen. Second goal, Will Trap is pulled out. He's he's on the right wing and he's trying to put pressure on the ball um, with 
Metanir and Lud over there. And then Ozzy is pulled in behind him. So he's in the right half as well. So that when the ball ends up at the top of the... So and Blanco is there literally on the top of the box, just all alone, just eating a sandwich. And the ball goes in, uh, Chase heads it out, clears it, and it goes to the top of the box. And then like Sebastian Blanco looks a little annoyed because he's like really into the sandwich. It's like, it's good. It's like top level deli sandwich. It's got like... Like a really good like Chipotle aioli on it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And his back was hurting too. Like he just wanted to sit down and eat a sandwich. It, it, and it's yeah. like, and he's got the pickle too, the really good deli pickle. And he's like, shit. So he, he, has, <laughs> he has to cover it up in cloth because it, he brought it in this like amazing cloth picnic basket. He covers it up, puts it in. Meanwhile, now Ozzy Alonso's running. Right? And he's like, and it's like, Ozzy is three miles away. That's how long... Uh, it takes him to pack up his lunch because he didn't want to just throw it in there. He wants it to be neatly put away, and like he puts he puts the picnic basket the picnic basket uh, down, and he just slams the ball into the 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 far post. Uh, quickly moves back over, and his goal celebration's genius is that he actually ate the sandwich. It was uh, and then finished the pickle, which I was really jealous of the pickle. Who who is who's who is Boo Boo in this analogy? I don't know. I, I I didn't. I, I, I'm just, Chase is Boo Boo. Yeah, yeah, Chase is definitely Boo Boo. Hey, Boo Boo. Uh, actually, I think Diego Char is Boo Boo. I I think here's one of the things too in in that goal. It was just that the the fact that um we were just being their penetration was so so deep, and then um and then the Sebastian Blanco literally like right at the half like was. Like literally was was on the on the ground, ready to get a stretcher on, and who knew if he was gonna come back on because it looked like he was walking for his dear dear life again. And there here he comes, as Sebastian Blanco does. We've seen him do before before his injury. He just comes in and slides out. I mean, you you can't. You, you, I th- it, here's the thing: is like when you have Ozzy Alonso making forty yard forty yard runs to cover. Same with Will Trap. It just totally, it totally just deflates the flow of of anything. And when we are passing the ball not vertically and trying to penetrate, but going side to side because we can't seem to find um, a, a, an outlet to go inwards, it, it's ex, it's exactly what what when we're not productive at all, and that's what it was happening a lot. So. After that, we did have one decent chance in the 53rd minute with Robin Lud. Um, but basically all of our real chances are we finished this game with an XG of um, 2.28. Portland had a 1.67, but almost all of ours came in the, well, a good chunk of it was Fragapane's 0.77 goal. Um, but the rest of it all really came after the 69th minute. Um, and that was key because... At that point, we were 3-1 down. The third goal for Portland, uh, this is the one that infuriates me. The 67th minute, Reynoso passes the ball down the wing to Frank Payne, who then gets stripped. And then rather than immediately pressure Portland, Reynoso literally walks away And, from and the so ball. does Frank Payne, too. Yeah. I, Neither I, of them. Like, they both just, like, Reynoso walked away, and, and Frank Payne just, like, stood there. Like, yeah. well... The guy, I think, I, the guy took the ball from me. I'm I just think, gonna let him run straight down the field. Yeah, both of those bug me, Frank. If you lose the ball, you should be hungry to win it back. Um, 
uh, Reynoso was in the way of the ball and then got out of the way so that Van Rankin could just, he ran straight through the midfield and then gives the ball to Blanco, who again seems miffed because he realized that there were some really good kettle chips that came from the deli and he wanted to finish them. And he's just like, we kept on interrupting him and he's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Um, so that one just killed me because it was just Minnesota just gave up and Reynoso gave up and like, there's all always this talk of like, what are the big players going to do? What are they, you know, are they going to step up? And again, if you can't do this for, you know, just leave it all out there, then, you know, you've just handed the the game to, to Portland and we were still in the game at that point. Um, of course, only yeah. after giving up the third goal, we, did we start playing again, but. And, and that's the, and that's the whole thing is that it's, yeah. You know, why do you wait until you're on the back foot to get the sense of urgency? Um, you know, if, if if you want, like, I think part of the part of the issue, Reynoso was playing a lot higher than I think he's played in previous matches. Um, I don't know if that's intentional. I don't know if he was going after after things a little bit more, but there was just this massive gap between Ozzy and Trap, and then the front four. Um, Reynoso was not being that connector the way that we're used to seeing. Um, and I just don't know, I just don't know what the, what, what the deal is. It, you know, was, did Ozzy and, were Ozzy and Trap told to stay back and protect the defense more? And Reynoso's the, a single pivot? Like, there's, it, and we didn't adjust. And we didn't, like, we were getting totally bossed in the midfield. And the fact that we, either didn't equalize in terms of like the numbers to have a better chance at winning some of those duels or like, I don't know. It's just like some of it. Yeah. A lot of it is on the players, Fragapane and, and Reynoso specifically, but it's also like you are outnumbered in the midfield. What are we going to do to change that? And it didn't seem like, we had any any real plan for it, you know. We right, and 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 the people that came in afterwards didn't really weren't really much of a of a change of pace either. So we didn't yeah, talk exactly. about the the Adrian Heath um, uh, interview with Jeff Reuter for the Athletic. Um, that was a, a decent. It was a good interview, and he talks about you know, hey, look, we're a better team when we have our our best players out there, which totally you know I don't disagree. You know, most coaches. You know, Seattle was at with without uh, Rui, Rui Diaz most of the season, and Jordan Morris, and um, Schmetzer doesn't complain. No, Schmetzer uh, is working on his sermon and coaching this team, and so and Ladero, they're out Ladero too, like, and they're still doing fine. Yeah, I and, mean, Schmetzer is also writing blog posts about the proper gram weight of certain vinyl. Yeah, <laughs> that's his thing. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. But but to the to the point of this, we had our team out there. This was this was the number one team. Other than we obviously we did not talk about Tyler Miller. Sorry, we should talk about Dane St. Clair a bit. Dane St. Clair was starting because Tyler Miller got the Rona, which is the kissing disease. I don't know if you guys know this, so it must have been kissing. <laughs> um, and, and so we we saw it, and the team just didn't produce. Um, we were not. At any point, the better team in this game, uh, I think. We were- also, relating to Tyler Miller, uh, like 
everybody like in the supporter section for Minnesota uh, in, at the game, it, we obviously had to get there early. And like the Tyler Miller tweet that said, I'm out. Like we, we saw it. And then like Zendeha was the only goalkeeper out warming up. And we're like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like oh we're so screwed. Why, why is he the only one out there? And then like 10 minutes later, Dane St. Clair comes out. We're like, Whew, all right, that 10 minutes of panic is over now. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think I think it's just there's only so much players can do. I think that uh Adrian Heath is right. You're you're better when you know he only had I think ten games with that front four. Um it, it wasn't good enough. It was sometimes good enough this season, but that's why we need more from this team. We need more from uh, out of a coach who does more than just like does, you know, the the poor man's Bruce Arena, which is just like uh go out there and run around and be good. I'll I'll cheer you on or something. So I, I don't know. I it, I was pretty pumped for the playoffs. I think I talked about on this like after the season I was pretty demoralized and then like we got to the playoffs I'm like, yeah, but we actually could win this because you put Reynoso out there and he could he could just like pull a rabbit out of a hat, and um, instead, like, it was a turd. Why the turd was in the hat, I have no idea, but probably the rabbit pooped in the oh, hat. Yeah. The rabbit mm-hmm. then left, and then all that was left was the rabbit turds. So I'm sorry to ruin the magic for you guys, but that's how it works. I mean, we went good away, anyways. Like we all knew that. Like that was been like the consistent. If anything was consistent about this team is the fact that we went successful in away games. That was the one consistent thing, and this is an away game at a at a at a. And I mean, let's 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 talk about it. I mean, like uh, Frank Payne also was was very was very very physical and was very 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 physical is one way to put it. Yeah, yes. that is an interesting. <laughs> very physical with you know. Um, with with Blanco or with others, and I mean, and, and and Mark that was there probably saw the sign that was hanging at one of the corners. Yeah, and on the left uh, side where he is. Yeah, and so like, um, I don't know if that had anything to do with any any anything else in there, but one would like to think and believe that that if you're the home team, you're gonna take advantage of that and you're gonna try to play into that. And I think, and I think Frank after that first goal was just um, became just another another person another liability in a sense and i think that's what happened in this game is that our, our our two potential playmakers these last 10 games became liabilities in a sense yeah well we'll talk frank Payne obviously should have been red carded um he just went in with this bizarre tackle it was almost like um cartoonish like where um in order to stop he like jumped up and then put both his feet down and you thought like the, the carpet would like roll or the, um, the turf would roll up like carpet or something like that. Like this was a, a Wiley coyote, uh, cartoon or something, but, um, instead it looked like a, you know, like when a toddler goes up to a giant puddle and they're like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going to go two feet right into this. And who hasn't seen Diego Chara's feet and thought puddle. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to stomp on those (laughs) and just make, make them all splash up on, on my, uh, on my big boots. So, um. Yeah, uh, but I mean, the nickname for Diego Chara should be Puddle, uh, Mister Puddle. Um, Old Chara. So I, I mean, I imagine that Fragapane is not playing the first two games of the season. So, oh well. Um, any what else do we want to say about this game? Uh, did was it a satisfying end or just a fitting end to the season? Or 
It's a, it's a, it's about right. I mean, it's the, we've, we've said it all season long. Um, we don't know which team is going to show up. Um, there's a bunch of inconsistencies. Uh, you know, he talks, talks about that uh, in his post-match presser where, you know, team was inconsistent this season, but we have the players and it's like, whose fault is that? Um, you know, yeah, I think, it, I mean, it, I'm not terribly upset by how it happened. Cause I'm like, it feels like it's about par for the course for this team, this season with everything else on and off the field. It's like, cool. Great. What's next? See you yeah. in eight weeks. Right. I think for me, it's just the fact that we have a much shorter off season, like kind of, I don't know, soothes this, this, this loss. But at the same time, like Corey was saying, it's like, he's like, we either were going to show up or we weren't. And we showed up for 10 minutes and that was literally maybe 20 minutes. And that was literally it. And it's fitting to an end where like, we, we didn't know what we were going to get. And the thing for next year, right. And you're, what is it, year six, is that this is Heath's team. He's built this team the way he wants to build it. The window of error is much, much smaller now in this year. And so he has to be able to deliver something that's better than this. And we'll, we will see what happens. That's going to require a lot of death pieces. It's going to require actually having death at striker. And um, it's going to require, who knows, you know, fiddling with the backfield because, uh, you know, everyone's um, everyone's putting their, they're pushing up into their mid thirties. Yeah. Everyone's ready for that ARP. I mean, this is, this is his, what this upcoming transfer window will be what his fifth as technical director or whatever position, general manager, um, Lord of soccer. Yeah, and so it's like Monopoly banker. You know, it's how how many how many more does he get to complain if he's the one calling the shots? Yeah. Well, let's um let's take a break. We've got some Twitter questions. We're going to do a lot of this other like larger recap of the season, looking forward stuff. I think in two weeks. Um, but let's take a break. <laughs> Let's do this with some questions. Uh, Andy Call says, "Are well, this is because I asked for um, comments, questions, or nineties, uh, mid nineties R and B suggestions? Are the Loons a Bone Thugs in Harmony at a Bone Thugs in Harmony crossroads? Is anything likely to change? Um, is Inchi part of the team's DNA, or as Genuine put it, is there always room for Heath in those genes?" Um, Great tweet, Andy. Uh, thank you for tweet. for uh, that. I think I think Heath is busy busy bone in this scenario. So if we're talking bone thugs and uh, harmony in that sense, like he's always uh, he's always trying to make escape out of the stage because he's being sought after. Uh, I think the FBI or the CIA or something like that. I think I think the the team thinks that they're bone thugs and harmony, but they're really uh, they really take that. <laughs> That's good. Um, Derek Karen says, "Will Jan? Will Jan? Sorry, uh, no, it's Jan. You can yeah. use that. Will Jan Gregoosh, my mom, uh, be back Jan? next season? And Jan? guesses on who Josie oh, Altador will end up signing with. Um, so Gregoosh 
did not come into this game. The substitutions that we made, um, we didn't have Ethan Finley because of uh, concussion, which, goddamn, we could have used Ethan Finley last night. And um, we did bring in um, Joseph Rosales, which is kind of surprising. Um, he hasn't, I haven't seen much from him, but Jan Gregus was not used. Um, it's, it's a very bizarre thing. I don't know if like, maybe if he played like five more minutes, then he would get Adrian Heath's car or something, but it's just, it's a weird decision to not use a guy who was just at the Euros starting at the Euros and he can't make a playoff game even as a sub. And especially in a match where your depth piece at the number eight position is playing right fullback for you for the second half. Yeah. So he is your depth piece in the I, – I, I just don't get it. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand it at all. Um, guesses on who Josie Altador will end up signing with. I, I don't know. The thing is, like, he's always injured. He costs a lot of money. So Orlando? Oh, Cincinnati would be good. Watch, watch him Cincinnati. go. Watch, watch him, watch him be a, um, a a big signing uh, for Charlotte, and he and Ikelpara go to Charlotte. Ooh, ooh. Uh, I was gonna say one of the California teams, but that's me. Um. Well, yeah, he'll go. He'll go to LAFC. It'll be. It'll oh be no, a trade. no, he's, it'll be a Bob Bradley trade. He's gonna be Wando's replacement at San Jose. Ooh. Yeah, yep, they can't that's what I was him. thinking. Um. Jim New School says, remember when Ramon Metnier played for what seemed like 10 minutes on an obviously pulled hamstring? That was nuts, huh? Yes. Ramon came off. Uh, Hassani Dotson came on. Hassani was not particularly good there, but, you know, uh, that's what happens when you play a midfielder as a fullback in a playoff game rather than uh, your actual fullbacks. I don't know. It's a bizarre team. Like, why can't they put together a team that can go through one single injury and have a backup? Like, your main yeah. guy, who's 32, is, he, is Ramon 32 now or 31? He's over 30, which the medical miracle. He's still alive. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it's just, it, it's weird. Like, I mean, there is a tweet that Jeff uh, put out, right, on how many minutes uh, Metanier had played, like, within the... When they expand of what, like a week? And I think it's just like a lot of freaking time. Yep. And you knew something was going to well, and, that, and that's play. and that's and that's a lot of it too. Is between this the international break stuff, you know, lack of depth, lack of rotation, Heath's preferences. Team just looks exhausted. You know, and it's like Hassani Dotson does not play well there, but we have two other backs that could fill in. Um, I, I agree with you, Wes. I, I think Hassani did not look great when he came in for Metnair. He looks I think horrible. Hassani, I think Hassani works better in a three-man midfield than he does anywhere else, but that's a conversation that's, that's for That's so that he can do not do his job. Uh, yeah, Hassani... Uh, I guess I don't want to say it too much before the the recap, but he took a step back this season. I don't think he looked very good at all anytime we saw him. And um, but you know that's that's that is what it is. He came in as a fullback in a playoff game that obviously we had to win. Dan Sundquist um, says Loons dropped too many, a few too many winnable games this past season, especially out of the gate. What's one roster or tactical change in your pin, opinion? That could lead to a stronger regular season showing. Mark, 
That would be to play your strongest player at each position instead of your 11 favorite players. That would just be my, my tactical change to see how, and just, I mean, just try it for like five or six matches and just see how it plays out. And if you don't like it, you can go back to your old ways. Yeah, I thought if Ethan Finley had been fit, I would have loved to have seen Lud start as the as the nine. Um, obviously, we, we didn't have that option. Uh, I said this earlier in the season, we should stop trying to pretend Lud is not our number nine. And um, we should try to, that way we can keep Ethan Finley on the pitch because he's really good and then use Adrian Unu. He can start to fight for minutes as a 30-minute sub. Um, I, I think... Well, the roster changes are, are just innumerable. I was looking, and in 2020, since the beginning of 2020, or if you go to the 2020 Wikipedia page, we have only 16 of the 31 players still with this club. It's just like, how can you do? I, I just don't understand how that can uh, create a winning. You can't. You mentality. can't. You can't build team chemistry. You can't build familiarity. You can't build an identity. When half of the fucking team you can't survive rolls depth over. either, right? If yeah, everyone is exactly. always, if you've got all these Johnny Agadellos and Fernando Adis uh, out there who, you know, basically like they're living at that what's the motel, the Midway Motel? That's like the sketchy one on the way. Oh yeah, oh, one by the Menards. Uh, Butler. No, no, no. Oh, no, there's, no, no, oh. there's one on University Avenue. Oh, there's that's... two. Yeah, yeah. The Midway Motel <laughs> Motel is is like the one that's really hard up. There's the other one on the way north going out of uh, Midway and Sne- off Snelling. That's yeah. like um, right before you get to Energy Park or Pierce Butler. Yeah. And that one, I think like there's a murder every day or whatever. It's just. But they have color TV still. They do. They do. Um, anyway, like those guys are staying at, at the Midway Motel. Just like whatever. We, we found a place, halfway house, um, because we know that we're going to be moving three months three months from now. So, um, Yeah. We didn't really answer your question, Dan, but at least I got a Midway Motel joke in there. Um, <laughs> I think only, a, a forward. I think it'd be nice to have a yeah. legi- legitimate forward, right? That isn't a makeshift nine. Having like, two I just, legitimate I just want forwards. Someone... I think having Unu and Navarro, we're like, okay, you know, one right. of them's not on on a streak right now. We put the other one in. Someone's pushing Unu for that time. Like we need to have depth competition and we and, didn't and, and we just never yeah. have depth except for a central midfield which has been good this year um but we don't use our depth because we don't want to use uh gregush or jacor hayes um only puns ceo says uh that coach is poison um which is a great uh nominee for 90s r&b regardless of lineup this team is underwhelmed on the attack Unu and Lude seem an awkward fit, often canceling each other out. For next season, what needs to change to maximize both when they're on the field together? Do you, that Unu and Lude thing? Do do you is that something you guys have seen that the, that they cancel each other out? Or I'm not sure I if I've it's, noticed that. I, I think it's Lude likes to cut in on his left, like if he's playing at right wing. Um, I think he does occupy some of that withdrawn space that Unu prefers. Yeah. I mean, Unu has said he likes to be a second striker. He likes to play above a I don't 10. know if he has said that. I think that that was something revision that other people entered into our narrative mid-season as an excuse. And so I I, I want to lodge that That's great. objection. That's great. 
that's great. Noted. Then, Thank then, you. then let's do it. Um, either way, he's not. <laughs> they occupy. They occupy. They occupy a very similar they space. They occupy. Um, I. I don't think that they cancel each other out because you have to actually do something to cancel out the other person. Um, well, I don't know how many goals did Lude scored. Nine. Nine. Unu was and what at seven. Seven. So that's close. I, I mean, mean, I mean, they're close. But how many of those, you know, how many of those came when they were together on the field, when they were interacting, or how many, how many of those came when Robin Lude was a replacement for Unu? Um, I I don't know the answer to it. I don't know if it. I don't know if it is a two striker system with Unu or. I think Wes, you're you're probably right. Where it's, I really like Robin Lud as the false nine, um, you know, who plays not as a hold up striker, but pairing with Reynoso and just causing chaos. That's why we went so deep into the playoffs last year. Is Robin Lud was our striker because he was dynamic, he was unpredictable, and yeah, Kevin Molino went on a hot streak, but Fragapane has been doing great stuff for us on the left wing. Yeah. It looks like he's going to be that left wing. He's going to, you know, close the rotating door there. Um, he's putting his, his yeah. stamp on the position. Uh, his just a two-footed <laughs> just really ankle smash. Nice dad joke. Just, just, mm-hmm. uh, just. I don't know. I, I, think they, I think they can work together, but I think, I think their play is fairly similar. Yeah. All right, let's let's finish it off on this. What boys to men song should I sing to to help uh drown my sorrows for the season? Mm. Uh Motown Philly because we'll start the yeah. next season oh, in Philly. Yeah. Motown Philly. I mean, that's not a that's again. not a, a, a I mean, I I think you have to go with end of the road. Yeah. And then at some point you need to what? transition. What? Yeah. If you're gonna drown your sorrows, you go to end of the road. No, so, what about it's so hard to say goodbye? Ooh, that's good. I'll but it's, to, but the, it's not to hard to or say that goodbye all for one? this season. I want this season to die. It, it was. Well, it's it's now so dead. hard to say goodbye. Well, that's why you do. Uh, you. <laughs> the thing is, we're talking about all the like boys to men, all this stuff, but really, it's it's just gonna be all for love, which is Rod Stewart, Sting, and Brian Adams. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm. I think there's a. A, a um, sneaker. Uh, I want to sneak in this this kind of total underrated. I swear by um, what was the name? What was the band who did that? All for was one. That, all for was one. Was it all for one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had they had the one That's, guy who was who. The only thing he did was, I swear. <laughs> really great classic. <laughs> um. All right. What, who's this, who's the one that sings uh um uh, I die without you? What's the uh? I die without. I don't know. Oh, geez. It's the. Uh, now I'm going to think about it, and this sucks. Okay. <laughs> everyone it everyone does. at home is like, oh, yeah, it's obviously oh, this. Yeah. Like, I have no idea. PM yeah. Don, thank you. I don't know what this is. I'm going to go no. listen to that later. Yeah. You've, ne- you've never listened to PM Don? I've mm-hmm. never heard of. I mean, I've probably heard the song, but I've never heard of PM Don. Oh, come on. Well, all right. Thanks, everyone. This is cool. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks when we do our recap. But otherwise, um, hopefully we'll see you around. Maybe maybe we'll send, see you at send the us um, your send us your questions, topics, yeah, lists. Dark clouds. End of the cover. year party is December eighth, and then uh, as always, I'll be uh, I'll be at Blackheart uh, showing EPL games 
in Bundesliga and stuff. So you're beautiful, you're sexy, and everyone loves you.